Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman. Joining me today to talk through every single player. Not every single player. I won't make you guys do that. Sia Najad is here. Sia, welcome in. Thanks for having me. You want the good news or the bad news real quick? Let's start with the bad. The bad news is we're all going to be super frustrated Friday early evening. Want to know what the good news is? Uh, Yeah, what's the good news? So as of today, as of this show... Pricing's really soft. We're all going to be super excited about our lineups up until Friday early evening. There you have it. Great week. <sighs> That's disappointing. Wednesday nights are always like I've I've already spent the money that I've won on Wednesday nights. <laughs> it's it's Thursday mornings that usually come back to bite me. <laughs> the the inevitable scroll up as you see if your guy is uh, over par or not. Oh boy, Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, good to have you. Good to be good to be here, guys. I'm really excited for this one. Uh, I know Rick is a he likes to start his scroll on Thursday morning at the bottom. I I'm start up. at the top. I, I start at the top. I expect to see, this. you know, um, Mo Norman, one of the greatest ball strikers of all time. He had He's, this thing he did where he he'd hit a ball and no matter where it went, he'd look where he w- wanted it to go. And all eventually <laughs> over time, it would end up there. So well, I look at leaderboards, I look at the top, and I picture Adam Hadwin sitting right on top and all the other players sitting right on top. So, by the way, it could be a big week for the Mark Blackburn uh, company with, yeah. you, know, you know, a big Max Homa win last week and Adam Hadwin won this week. It, it could be could be pretty good. Uh, you could have got pretty good odds that Mo Norman would have been the first name. Uh, <laughs> I think you just paid off a, 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 an 80 to one shot, a rich strike type of shot there, Greg. If that's 80 to one, I mean, come on. But, uh, who's playing that at 80 to one? <laughs> you know, you know, these uh, these books don't go out of business. Gentlemen, uh, before we jump into this, let me remind the listeners, the fans, <laughs> the viewers your your link for the one and done selection uh, should be in the description right now. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Make your vote. Get on the same page. Make sure that you guys get somebody good. You're making a lot of money. You're making everybody very nervous. Get those votes in Tuesday morning when we go live for the preview show. That's your deadline. TPC Craig Ranch. That's where we're headed. And CL start with the field. Seven of the top 15 players in the world. Everybody using it. I hate to say a tune-up before the PGA Championship. It's such an overused phrase because there's a lot of money on the line. This is a golf course that we've seen one time. Uh, I, I'm actually quite excited about this. 
Yeah, again, when it comes to it from a DFS standpoint, lineup construction is kind of whatever you want it to be because we have such a talented field. I mean, you go into the 10K range, you can actually grab a couple of guys and then go right down to the 7K range if that's how you want to do your roster construction. So long story short, it is super deep all the way down to, in my opinion, to the 7K range. So there's... This is going to be a really interesting show to see who we like because that's going to lend itself to what type of roster construction we like as well. Uh, it's it, it's a really interesting week. As far as a tune-up to a major, it kind of is from a DFS standpoint. Hmm. Uh, we'll share my screen here. Uh, this is my website, rickrungood.com. This is uh, the key stats for the golf course. And Greg, TPC Craig Ranch, one little year, one solitary year's worth of data. So we can overreact all that we would like 25 under par was the winning score last year that broke the tournament scoring record. And this tournament's been around forever. I don't think it's going to be easy, but last year was like wet and receptive and just like there, there was just no chance that they weren't going to just dominate. Right. And um, I, I think last year I was doing a little uh, research on what happened last year, and it seemed like there was such a clear correlation. I mean, I, I tweeted about it earlier, but everybody in the top six, everybody in the top 10, except for Seamus Power, hit 54 or more greens. Yeah. Seamus Power hit 51. I mean, there you had guys hitting 60 and 61 greens of regulation. So it was... And it was an all approach fest. And you see it here. I mean, you see the two next to strokes gain approach on your site, Rick. Um, it's it's a pretty strong correlation. But I went a little bit farther and I looked at everybody that finished T3 or better, which was six guys. And they all had they all had uh, some trend approaching the green coming in, whether their finishing positions were were strong or weak. They were trending approaching the green. So. Uh, I, I expect it to be a, a similar circumstance. I'm not sure if it's going to be as receptive as it was last year, but I still think um, I, I still think we have that correlation, and there is plenty to to you know tailgate off of what Sia was saying. There are plenty of options if you go with an uh, approach game heavy model. Yeah, K this is from uh, the Twitter thread that Greg put out at the real GFD. KH Lee gained strokes in five of seven events leading in on approach. Sam Burns gained in nine of 11. Daniel Berger in six straight. I'll, uh, you got to go click on, on Greg's name and follow him to get the rest. But but yeah, it's it's pretty compelling stuff there, Greg. Yeah, I mean, it's really like you don't usually see it's it's no surprise that strokes gain approach ends up being important in an event. Right. But it, it's rare that you see this kind of strong correlation where, um, you know, everybody that accomplishes something had this one thing in common going in. And that's what we're looking for now. We're not looking for what's going to be the key to success. For instance, last week, you could argue the key was putting. You have Max Holma putting great. Keegan Bradley having a great putting week. Rory has a really nice putting week. Well, it's it's really hard to predict who's going to have a great putting week for one week. But here we have this case where they not only was approach really important in the event, but they showed everybody who was in that category showed signs of success heading into the event. And that to me is what's really valuable in DFS. That's what's valuable today. That's what's valuable on Wednesday night when you're spending all the money that you've won, Rick. Right. And, um, and, and come Sunday, hopefully 
you know, it's a little easier to pay off those credit card bills. You should see the things I buy on Wednesday nights. It's absolutely, <laughs> it's absolutely sickening. Uh, Do you get extra ads on Amazon, by the way? Do they send you extra ads on Wednesday night? Amazon is so good at knowing exactly what I want. All the recommendations, <laughs> spot on. You got me. Uh, just add it to the cart. Buy it for me already. No problem. Um, see, a one year. So let, let's talk about that. You know, what was it? Uh, last week, we had two years worth of data, and it was old data. It was 2017, 2018 for TPC Potomac. Just one year this time around, but it was last year. Like, How much should we actually look at maybe guys who played well la- last year, maybe these regression models like I have on my website, knowing that it's literally the smallest sample size that we can get? Yeah, I think it's maybe a little bit more instructive for some of the lower tier players. There's a bunch of guys that, you know, T3'd last year. I mean, I, I might look at that a little bit more than I'm than a guy like Scotty Scheffler, for example, his finishing position or Justin Thomas. So it's not going to be super important to me. Course history is normally pretty important to me, but but this week I'm just not going to be leaning on the one year. I think the good news here is we have a pretty good idea of how the course is going to play. We have a good idea that, you know, you can spray it a little bit off the tee because the rough isn't penal. Like Greg said, the approach game is going to, and like your chart shows on rickrungood.com, the approach play is going to be really, really important. I think putting is going to be really important here, especially because, you know, greens and regulation probably going to be pretty good because we got these big greens. But in contrast to last week, I think putting is going to weigh pretty significantly with me, and it normally doesn't. So those are the things I'm looking for way more than I'm looking for what everybody did last year. All right. Fair enough. We are going to go tier by tier, discuss as many players as possible. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. Here is the cheat sheet. Let's start in the 10K range. $10,000 or more for golfer. Scotty Scheffler, 10-9. Justin Thomas, 10-6. Dustin Johnson, 10-2. Jordan Spieth, 10,100. Greg, we'll start with you. Scotty Scheffler is making uh, his first individual start since his Masters victory. Uh, Jordan Spieth making his first start since his RBC Heritage victory. How would we like uh, to assess this $10,000 range? Oh, it's such an interesting range. Um, You have Justin Thomas, one of the best iron players in the world here. Jordan Spieth has been great um, approaching the green, or he's been great tee to green at least coming in. You know Scotty Scheffler has as well. So all three of these guys at least, with the exception of Dustin Johnson, have done the thing that I believe is so important this week, 
they've they've done that. They check all these boxes. So again, it's one of these situations where any of these three players are fine. But I'll say to narrow it down, I'm not sure on on Scotty Scheffler at this point right now. Um, I because it's not because of anything that he's done, but there's been you know a, a little slowdown, a little rest, and and an extremely high emotional um, s- stretch that he had. And I don't know what we're going to get from him coming in this week. I, I don't know if this golf course is going to uh, give him, you know, we, while he's been great tee to green, he's really been great uh, around the green as well. Is that advantage going to be minimized at all? Because players can hit so many greens here. Um, so he, does it, does it just take away his ability to separate from the field? I, I, again, I don't think he's a bad play, but I think Spieth and Thomas to me, are my top plays in this range. Um, and it's because of how how good they've been tee to green, how elite Justin Thomas is with iron play. And and Jordan Spieth, too. I mean, these are this area approaching the green is their strength uh, year over year over year. It's really the thing that identifies them, and it's been really good lately. So I, I like those two guys. I, I like that you said, uh, I'm not sure about Scotty Scheffler. It's not because of anything he's done. Well, I hope not, Greg. He's got four <laughs> wins in his last seven starts. I hope it's some other wins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, this is it's the hardest thing. you got to just play, play him until he – it's one of those things. Like, do you just play Scotty Scheffler until he lets you well, down? You, you, you are correct when you're trying to look through this. Like, he gained over five strokes around the green at the match play. He gained nearly six – at the Masters, we know about that. He was getting up and down from everywhere. I, I could very easily argue that if you are relying on gaining four, five, six strokes around the green this week, you are probably in trouble because everybody's just going to be having 12, 15 footers for, for birdie the vast majority of the week. Right. I mean, the guy who wins this event might not have four shots around the green in the category. Right. How, I mean, how are you possibly going to gain four strokes around the green yeah. if you're hitting 70 greens for the week? Uh, I mean, so it, it'll be, I, I'm, I'm, I say that kiddingly, but I, I think Scotty does so well on these really difficult golf courses because his short game is so good. And his, his tee to green game is good enough where he doesn't have to lean on the short game, but his short game separates him. That's what makes him world number one and not world number 12 or world number eight, uh, which is tee to green game is good enough to be in that place. And that's not a problem by any means. It just, this week, I think some of his advantage might get um, might his ability to separate from the field will get reduced a little bit. Here is um, Jordan Spieth here, Sia, because uh, Greg is absolutely right. He's been phenomenal from tee t- to green. He gained 13 strokes at the RBC Heritage. He gained another 11 at the Valero Texas Open. He has now lost strokes with the putter in five straight. And I'm not talking about like a half a stroke. I'm talking about big time losses. I've convinced myself that this is now Jordan Spieth, not even remotely close to his ceiling because when he starts to putt again, which I assume he's going to do, he, he might just run over everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's one of those. So here's the thing though. It it comes down to ownership in in my opinion, when it comes to all four of these guys that we're talking about, I do think Jordan Spieth is probably going to be the third most owned. You know, I think it's going to be basically Justin Thomas and Scotty Scheffler hovering at the top and then probably Jordan Spieth. And then probably Dustin Johnson is my guess. I think people will like Jordan Spieth because a, he's coming off a win and B you're right. 
if he's just a zero putter, the way, especially the way he's been hitting it on approach and the off the tee game has been fine, obviously, but, but we're really looking at approach more than off the tee. I think this week, I think he's a really interesting play. I just wonder if you're being too cute. I don't mean you, cause I'm considering Jordan speed quite a bit as well. If we're being too cute in predicting a positive outcome with the putter because we're going to see as we go down the board there's a lot of guys that are just really putting well or have the capability to putt well more often than not clearly jordan is not in that stratosphere right now so for me i do like jordan if his ownership percentage happens to be way lower than some of the other guys but i agree with you on justin thomas i think i like scotty the best and I like Dustin Johnson as as an ownership leverage play. Maybe I'll add Jordan Spieth if he ends up being leveraged, but I'm not so sure he will. So long story short, I actually like Scotty Scheffler. You remove that around the green game. Just look at his ball strike. Like just put that at a zero and then look at his ball striking and his putting. And you're going to be really impressed with Scotty Scheffler. Take everything else away, including the wins. So the approach game is on point. The putter can spike. He's in Texas. If you want to play that Texas narrative and you guys know me, obviously that's a narrative I'm going to be playing to some degree. Um, yeah, I, I, Scotty's my favorite guy, long story short. So Scotty and, and JT, are, I think, are two guys. And by the way, I've done a lineup with both of them. And, and you can then go down to the low 7K range and have at it. But uh, those are the two guys I like the most. Uh, str- just pure ball striker. So this is strokes gained approach plus strokes gained off the tee. Last 50 rounds in this field. Zal Torres, number one. Justin Thomas, number two. Luke List, number three. Scotty Scheffler number four. So uh, you can also see the big differences because of those four, look at this big green square for Scotty around the green, this big <laughs> green square for Scotty with the putter. Yeah. That's, that's, that's domination right there. When you right. Put all that, all that. Well, that that's the world. Number one aspect, right. right? The other stuff is where some of these other guys are like six to 12 in the world, which is, I mean, it, it's still really, really good. Uh, what do we make of Dustin Johnson at the moment, Greg? Because he is uh, already, this is, you know, Monday afternoon, and we've already identified that Dustin Johnson is very likely to be the lowest owned of the guys over $10,000. Now, we'll see as the week goes on how much lower owned, but like what scenario would allow you to feel comfortable playing Dustin Johnson this week? Um, a really low ownership i mean look there's again you just the the thing that you're going on with dustin is well what has he been working on in this time away he got married right is it has he been working on anything does that matter the the questions around dj and his game he's so in a way hard to predict when he's coming off a layoff i know jordan spieth i'm very confident jordan spieth has been working on the putting i i you listen to what he said during and after the RBC heritage. And it was clear that he he's one, he's checking the stats. He's looking at the same things we are. He knows that he needs to really work on, on his putting. And I, I expect him to continue that, that effort, the work in that direction. My hope is that that, that pays off, uh, but that's still an unknown with Dustin. I, I don't have any sense of, you know, a, a, an, an increased effort in any area. That being said, he's been Great. Um, he's been great approaching the green. He's been great off the tee. Maybe not on by DJ standards, but he's been very good off the tee. So there's there's not a lot of reason to not like DJ. It's just what has he been doing in this time since the RBC Heritage and now, other than getting married, has he put himself back uh, back into a heavy practice environment? 
and or is he going to come off, pop off, and win? And that's why he's so hard to predict because he has the ability to just go and and win this tournament. Um, but I, I think those questions are hard to answer. Let's continue down to the nine K range here because I think this is where things start to get. Really exciting. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama, 9,900. Xander Shoffley, 97. Sam Burns, 95. The bottom of the range is Will Zalatoris at 9,400. Joaquin Neiman at 9,300. Brooks Kepka is 9.2. And then Tommy Fleetwood is a flat 9,000. Before we get to that, see ya. Baracho Burrow in the chat hmm. says, I think I know who Rick's going to pick in the one and done. I don't even know who Rick's going to pick in the one. <laughs> how could he know? I have no idea. Is this a mind reading situation? I haven't even, I have not even considered this week's one and done for one second yet. Yeah. I, a uh, funny story from last week. I, I hadn't either until the picks were due. And I texted, Greg was on this chat. I texted Jacob and said, give me Keegan. And then literally, I'm not joking. It might, it might've been 30 seconds later, like right in the nick of time. I'm like, you know what? If it's not too late, Jacob, Go ahead and give me Sepp Straka. So, <laughs> that should tell you how my one and done is going this year. That was painful. <laughs> it was, so it was painful. painful. to. I mean, it's one thing in the moment, and I liked Straka going in too, but then to see it unfold and to see yeah. Keegan play the way he did on Friday, it was just, it was brutal to watch. I felt for you, Sia. Trust your initial instincts. That's the lesson. It only costs you like 600 grand. You can make that up. Uh, yeah. You make that up this week. Uh, all right, see so you get first crack at this because we feel we feel sorry for you. Uh, let's <laughs> let's find some good plays here in the nine thousand dollar range. All right, so there's a few guys I have my eye on. I'm not going to go in order of price though. I'm going to start with Sam Burns, who is absolutely a guy who checks all the boxes, especially if you're looking at well, first of all, if you're looking at any scoring metrics from like a DK point scoring or source gain, par five things of that nature, he'll check those boxes for sure. But if you're just looking at approach and putting which I think, you know, we should have a big emphasis on. Look how he spikes. Like, forget about the Valspar where he gained seven on approach and over five with the putter. You might you might see that, like, in a vacuum and say, oh, well, that was just a, a crazy great spike event for him. But then you just go to some of the other tournaments right near that, the API where he's gaining almost four on approach and over five with the putter. Like, this is something that Sam Burns consistently does. I think he's going to be pretty chalky, but I do like Sam Burns. I think, you know, it's not like I'm going to be lock buttoning him because I think he's going to have a lot of ownership, but I do like Sam Burns probably the best. The other two that I like, I'll go in order here in terms of who I like. It's Hideki Matsuyama at 9,900. I don't think a lot of people are going to want to play him. And I'll admit, I think we need to monitor to some degree or to the extent that we can his neck injury. I think he's fine. You know, he came off a tournament, his last tournament where he played just fine, but it's a neck. It's something to monitor, but I don't think a lot of people are going to roster him. I think they're going to go up, pay up for a 10K guy, or they're going to go down to somebody like Sam Burns or Joaquin Neiman, Will Zalatoris. So Decky, I think, gets squeezed out from an ownership standpoint. But again, if you're looking at approach numbers and you're looking at the putter, uh, Hideki makes a ton of sense. Yeah, so I've got, uh, let's see, four, let's call it six different metrics uh, here on the cheat sheet. The four different strokes gained categories driving distance gained, fairways gained. And there are very few golfers uh, on the time frame that I have, which is 25 rounds right now, that check that are positive in all of them. Hideki's one of them. Xander is another one, but it is a very short list as you go through uh, this field of guys that check off every single box. And Greg, 2022, I know he's been battling injury. It's been great for Hideki. He's been awesome. Like I, if this is going to be, 
uh, an approach play contest and with his gains with the putter, if you're willing to stomach it, I think Hideki's a great option. I, I think so too. Um, last year didn't go great and he was coming in on great form. He would have checked the box that I, I mentioned earlier. It just, it didn't, it didn't go well for him. He didn't putt very well. Uh, well, I mean, his short game really let him down, um, which is unique. Last year, he lost like over four strokes around the green, um, which was kind of disappointing. But um, I, I think that Hideki is a very interesting play, especially when ownership goes way down because it has been a great year. He's won, twi- uh, won twice. Uh, it, it's been, I, yeah, I believe so. Um, well, he won He won uh, twice this season. He won the, his last start of 2021 right. at the Zozo, and then he won the Sony. So he won twice in three starts. Right. So it's been fantastic for him. And he did come back and play the Masters. He's had a lot of time off since. Uh, he's one of those guys that I, I trust is working on whatever he needs to work on, whether it's his um, his physical, you know, his neck injury, which seemed fine at the Masters. Um, so it, whether he's been working on that, rehabbing that, working on his game, I don't think Hideki's been, um, you know, lounging around by any means. So he's extremely attractive. And Xander and Burns are as well. Uh, I really like that. I mean, this this range is a place I, I feel you could almost start your lineup. Will Zalatoris has been yeah. awesome this year. Uh, absolutely awesome. And uh, he he might be my favorite play in this range. Uh, if you take the match play out of it, the only event he's lost strokes approach the green is the Masters, where he came in sixth. So I, I, I don't think that's a sign of struggling iron play. The Masters, the numbers from the Masters are you have to take them with a grain of salt to a degree because you, the strategy is so different at that golf course than most it's, it tends to be less aggressive and sometimes a great shot won't gain you the same amount of strokes that a great shot will here at this event. So I, I look at Will Zalatoris and I think this is a, this is great form coming in. Um, And I'm, I'm very curious to see, if these putting changes we saw at the match play that carried over into the masters, if, if that will continue. And if it does, this is one of the more dangerous players in the field and he's only 9,400. So, I mean, Will Zalatoris to me is, is a definite play for me. And I feel um, I, I probably lean his way over Burns because I think Burns is going to attract and rightly so um, a, a ton of that ownership. Yeah, and I, I think Zalatoris will as well, and it's well-deserved to see you. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's got everything going for him. The fifth at the match play, which means he lost in the Elite Eight. The sixth at the Masters. The fourth at Zurich with um, Davis, Davis Riley as, as his partner. But Joaquin Neiman, if you mm-hmm. just blanked out their names, like they've been very, very similar in this last 25 rounds. I mean, they've been very similar on off the tee, very similar on approach. Neiman's been better around the green. Zalatoris, believe it or not, has been a little bit better with the putter. Uh, Neiman is a little bit longer off the tee and a little bit uh, less accurate, but it's, it's relatively close here between two of these guys. I agree. And, and I agree also that Burns and Zalatoris will both be sort of highly owned. I think Neiman is an interesting pivot. I don't think he'll be drastically lower than those two guys. I think he'll pick up some popularity as, as the week goes. But I think Neiman's interesting. The, the thing about Neiman, and I, you could say the same about Zalatoris, the thing that makes me nervous is the putter. The good news for Neiman is lately when he's been losing with the putter, and he has, it's not a, a travesty. You know, he's losing around a stroke or a stroke and a half or, you know, 0.7 or something like that. 
Outside of that, he grades out so well. Strokes gained, par five. DraftKings points, birdie or better gained. Uh, he he really checks all, you know, approach last 36 rounds. He's 15th. So he's checking all the boxes. The putter scares me a little bit, but we see here, if you're watching on YouTube, he did gain with the putter at the RBC Heritage. And he's no stranger to gaining with the putter, as he did at the Honda Classic as well. Or, excuse me, the Genesis Invitational, which he won. So I think Neiman is a, is an excellent pivot off of Will Zalator's if it ends up being an ownership pivot. I'm not really sure what the difference is going to be between the two. That 101 that you see next to his name for the Zurich Classic, that was a uh, withdrawal. But that was Mito Pereira, his partner. I think he cited a back injury is why that that Chilean team uh, withdrew. So I certainly wouldn't hold that against Joaquin Neiman. Um, anybody else in the 9K range here, gentlemen? We haven't talked about Brooks Kepka. I haven't talked about Tommy Fleetwood. We glossed over Xander Shoffley. Anything we need to cover there? Or should I just keep bopping? I Go ahead, Greg. Well, I, I think these guys down here with Kepka, Kepka, I put in the same category as DJ, where I just, I, I don't know. And it, it kind of, it, it bothers me because we've seen this guy come out at when, when this was at Trinity Forest, he came in fourth and is striping it. And that led into the PGA at Bethpage where he was awesome. And, and, but we haven't seen him since the masters, he missed the cut. What, where, it, where is Brooks Kepka with his game? I don't know. And in this range, it's really hard for me to, to go that way. Tommy Fleetwood has also been very good coming in. I just I don't have I don't have the trust. I think there are some guys in the high 8K range I'd rather pay down for away from Fleetwood. And then there's the um, the the top end. And I really think anybody from Hideki to Joaquin, um, I'm I'm a little more I'd say Hideki down to Zalatoris that I'd really like to play. I'd rather pay up uh, for them and pay down into the high eights than than Kepka and Fleetwood. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing on Brooks. You don't know what you're getting. I think the upside, though, or the upshot for Brooks Kepka is the upside at 9,200. So I think that's something to consider in your GPP lineups. He Obviously, if he can put the approach and the putter game together, which he hasn't really done lately, usually he's spiking with the putter or with some bad approach or or vice versa. But if he can put it together, which I think we know he can, this is a, quote, tune-up, I guess you could say, for the – the major next week so he might be in good form and if he is at 9200 he's definitely a value and he's probably going to be a really nice pivot off of let's see neiman zalatoris burns a lot of the guys that are going to gather up a lot of ownership yeah the good news i guess for brooks or the best news is that he's gained at least three and a half strokes from tita green in five of his last seven one that he lost was the horrendous, horrible side of the draw at TPC Sawgrass. So, I mean, it's not, uh, yeah, mm. it's, it feels close for Brooks. I don't know if, he, if he's going to figure it out, but like it, it definitely feels close. Well, that, that's a really good point, though, when it comes to the players and being on, on a bad wave. Take that out. And he's really out, outside of the Masters. He gained pretty significantly on approach, let's see, four tournament, three tournaments in a row. I mean, the game might be rounding into form. And we see the putter, it can spike. Certainly can. Uh, Let's continue our quest for value. The $8,000 range, the sevens and the sixes. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready PG. 
When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. And we're back. $8,000 range here. Gentlemen, uh, small, $8,700. Adam Scott, Taylor Gooch, 86. Johnny Vegas, 84. Jason Kokrak, 83. Jason Day is 8,200. Then you get Wise, Hadwin, and Champ, three first cut regulars uh, down at the bottom of this range. Greg, you get to kick us off here. How would you like to allocate your money here? Oh man, Taylor Gooch is hard to look away from in Let's this go. case, Let's right? Go. I mean, he's got to be my favorite play in this range with maybe one exception, um, which we'll get to in a little mm-hmm. bit. But uh, but Taylor Gooch has been hitting the ball really nicely all year. The driver may be a little bit of an issue. You see a lot of red there if you're watching on YouTube in that off the tee column. And that is not really a concern for me this week. I, I don't expect to see a, a rough the way we did last uh, last week, really penal areas for um, errancy off the tee. I think his uh, his iron play is going to have a chance to shine. And I really like what he's done with the putter. He's gained in three of his last four, uh, five of his last seven. So it's been uh, quite good on the greens for Taylor Gooch. And he's going to, you know, he's an Oklahoma guy. He's going back to the Midwest, down to the Dallas area. It's near near home for him. And I think the PGA at Southern Hills is one he's had circled on the calendar for a while. And I think he's really inspired to put together a great week this week. You want to talk about a little extra motivation? Uh, friend Max Homa and Zurich Classic partner just got another one in the win column last week. Gooch has got to be licking his chops to get oh, out yeah. here and start playing some golf this week. Yeah, and he knows he can compete with a Max Homa, right? Um, you, you know how, you know where, where your game stands compared to him. So, uh, and I know Taylor Gooch. I've heard him say it before. He he wants to be a uh, the number one player in the world. And whether you think that's uh, a little too lofty for him or not, it doesn't matter to me. It means he's got a lot of belief in his game. Uh, and and I think he's going to come into this week inspired. All right, Greg, hold on to that other guy uh, for just one second. Sia, the $8,000 range has a couple of savvy vets in uh, Jason Day and Johnny Vegas. Adam Scott, I guess you could throw into that category as well. Who do you like most here? Well, I like Taylor Gooch. There's two other guys I like, and the second one is the guy Greg's going to bring up. So I'm going to save that for him. Okay. It's super <laughs> obvious. I, I like that guy quite a bit too. Um, Johnny super Vegas. Super obvious. I, super obvious. Uh, Johnny Vegas, I, I do like at 8,400. You know, I, I'm in this sort of crossroads with Johnny Vegas where I'm not sure how good he is relative to how well he rates out in the models. Like we, we see that right every year. There's a couple of guys like last year, it was like Charlie Hoffman and Keegan Bradley were always number one in everybody's models because they were just so good at pretty much every phase of the game, particularly in the ball striking department here. Johnny Vegas is really good in the ball striking department. He's coming off that arm surgery that he had, but he looked great last week. And the trouble that Johnny Vegas always has, or typically has is the around the green game, which, won't be a problem for him here because he shouldn't have to really exercise that part of his game. So I think Vegas, I think this is a really good course setup. He was, I think, a T9 here last year. Uh, so Johnny Vegas, 
Taylor Gooch, and the guy that Greg is about to talk about are probably my three favorite in this 8K range. Johnny Vegas had the arm surgery and then gains 10 strokes on approach last week, his best total of his career. Maybe he just needed some rest. Maybe he just needed a couple weeks off, Greg. Like that, Maybe that was the secret recipe. No, Rick, I think he had this surgery the baseball players are going to have yeah. in a couple years from now. He gave him his hands and arms. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't really know what to make of that. I, I see that, and it's going to really inflate any of your models. You gained 10 strokes approaching the green in one event. It's, it's insane. There's a lot to like about Johnny other than that, but I, I just wonder if that's a, if that's a peak. Is that anomaly just, is it too good to be true? Uh, and it, it's almost like my, oh, I don't pick guys who won last week or, or or the defending champions. It's almost like, well, it can't happen again. I don't know. Maybe he did have he that must surgery. Have, uh, implanted uh, like uh, homing devices that keep you on plane. As yeah, you swing through it, there's, exactly. like no other, there's no other excuse for it. Um, all right, let's let's reveal the uh, the second guy, Greg. Who is it? Yep. Oh, one other thing on Vegas. He he, yeah. he hit like 61 greens last year here. So he uh, <laughs> it was just. I saw that number and I just started laughing. It's crazy. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know who it is, Adam Hadwin. He has been awesome this year approaching the green. It, it's only been this calendar year he's lost strokes in one event at the Genesis approaching the green. Um, that, that's the only one. And I look at his game and his performance. Uh, I was a little disappointing to see him and Svensson. I believe it was Svensson missed the cut at the Zurich. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't necessarily hold him accountable for that. I think he's in great form. You see the Max Homa guy in, in the Mark Blackburn camp as well, getting a win. And I think that has to do great things for Adam Hadwin too. He's going to start believing he can he can go and he can win. And he is Adam Hadwin to me is, um, is such an obvious play. My only hope is that the, the rest of the DFS community doesn't, doesn't think the same thing. Uh, well, I don't know actually what they're going to think. This is by far the best approach, uh, season of Adam Hadwin's career. And really those changes started to take place at the new year, Greg, not the new season. So that should even show right. you that, like it's even better than that. Even it's even better than like the year by year thing that I'm showing you right now because it's since the calendar turn he's been freaking unbelievable. Yeah, I mean it's been three, four, and it also isn't like the Johnny Vegas peak where you have this crazy outlier for one. It's been consistent, steady, nearly a stroke around. Um, nearly a stroke around for the entire year. And that's a really good sign. It takes that floor. It raises the floor really high on a golf course like this. It's going to ask for great approach play. So uh, he's, an, he's just a no brainer to me. Anybody else in the AK range? Um, Cam champ on a golf course that shouldn't be all that penal off the tee. Anyone, anyone? No, no, probably. What about Aaron? Either. What about Aaron Wise? I know he's a he's a fan favorite. He checks a lot of the boxes. Are we? Yeah, I'm just. I feel the same way about Aaron Wise as I did six months ago. It's just like he's gonna he's gonna, he's gonna hit a great from tee to green. Hopefully, he puts well enough, and maybe he'll finish inside the top. I mean, he played well in Mexico. Played well at yeah. the RPC Heritage. He's won this event before, obviously not at this golf course. But I, I my opinion has generally not changed on Aaron Wise for six months. Yeah, I mean, my, my thought on him is I, I do like him, but 
I'm trying to lean as much as I can on guys that are more consistent putters or at least can flash a little bit more than Aaron Wise can with the putters. So he's probably on the outside looking in for for me. All right, so you start us in the 7K range here. I'm not going to read everybody, but Norin, Power, Leishman, McNeely, Siwoo Kim at the top, Scott Stallings, friend of the pod, Patrick Rogers, Nick Taylor, Lee Westwood down at the bottom. Uh, how are you best allocating your salary cap here? There's so much to like here, and it starts at the top with Alex Norn. Uh, he mm. checks every box that I'm trying to check. Uh, so ball striking, obviously, but specifically on approach. Um, he's top 30. I think I'm right now I'm looking at last 50 rounds or so. Um, top 30 strokes gained, par 5, DK points, pretty or better gained. Uh, pretty underwhelming at the RBC, but generally has been really a top 25 machine. Top 10 earlier in the year, WM Phoenix Open and, and a couple of others. I think Alex Noren, if you just look at the approach and the way he can spike with the putter, and he does that fairly consistently, I think this is such a good course setup for him. Uh, Noren, fifth on approach in the last 24 rounds of all golfers in the 7K range. He's gaining off the tee. He's getting around the green. He's gaining with the putter. He finished 21st here last year. You can see why this is all adding up for Sia. Uh, Greg, 7th K range is yours. Um, okay, a couple guys that I like here. I'm I'm with you on Noren. I think he's I think he's just a, a great play. Um, I'm not sure how he's gonna pair with Adam Hadwin, who's a lock in my lineup. So I, I don't know how much he'll get in, but he's a great play. Um uh some of the other guys really standing out to me. Siwoo Kim stands out to me. He's been just phenomenal lately. Um uh T to Green, especially. Um, we'll see what happens on the greens for him this week, but he definitely stands out. Lonto Griffin, uh, again, he had a great week last week. And I I think in large part, because it it leaned heavily on ball striking and you had that rough around the greens, you had this situation where his weakness, which you could see there, the around the green play wasn't exposed. Mm -hmm. And 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 I think this week we're in that same situation where he does everything really well except one thing, and it's like the least important aspect this week. Um, I mean, you could go hit 55 greens, and your short game's not really exposed all that much. So I think Lonto's a great play. You know what I like about Lonto, and there's a couple other guys that fit this as well, Greg, is uh, top 15, T15 in Mexico, T6 at TPC Potomac, two very different golf courses, right? Asking you to do different things and you lean in, you gain four strokes off the tee in both of them. You gain three and a half and five and a half on approach. You stink around the green, but that's fine because we don't care about that. And then you're a zero putter. Like that's like, it's a really good recipe. You give me that this week. I'm super thrilled. Yeah. And and he's a good putter in general. Had a couple of bad weeks. You can see there uh, at the Valero Texas Open and the Valspar. Um, and again, Valero can have some tricky greens. Uh, they're, they were a little slow this year uh, and, and Valspar is a, you know, very specific green type as well. So I think in general, he's a good enough putter to contend. I, I really like him. And then going down a little bit lower, Sebastian Munoz, another guy, by the way, who just looks really, really good. T to green, especially. Um, but I wanted to get down into the 7,300 range and talk about CT Pan, uh, who I, I think I'll be going back to as well. Um, it Last week, he played great. Uh, tied 15th, did exactly what we expected him to do. And he's gained in every single event approaching the green since the Honda Classic. So he's been on really nice form. 
hasn't hit a heater yet, but he, this looks like a profile of a guy who's ready to win a golf tournament. I think CT Pan's a great fit here. There you go. CT Pan, $7,300, 15th last week, 29th the week before in Mexico. See, I'll bounce it back to you. Who else in this $7,000 range is worth investing in? So there's a couple guys that are really interesting that I don't know if I'm going to play and, and a few guys that I'm definitely going to play. Let, let me just note, I think it's a pretty good time to go back to Sepp Straka, who missed the cut by one stroke, thanks mm-hmm. to a, a couple of crazy things that happened at the end of day two. I, I think uh, Mito Pereira is interesting. I think we need to monitor his situation because he did, like you said, withdraw from the, the Zurich. Um, Keith Mitchell, another miscut guy. If you're going for team jilted narrative, then as in jilted your you because of your lineups, I think Keith Mitchell and Sepp Straka fit squarely uh, right there. I think they could be fine out here. Here are the guys that I'm playing, though. JJ Spawn at 7,200. I'm not 100% mm. sure he's priced appropriately. I don't think, I mean, I think it's a fair price, but honestly, I think you could put him at 7,500 at this point and, and I wouldn't have a problem with it. The ball striking has been great. The putter can go south, but it can also spike. Patton Kazire, who had a good finish here last year. It's sort of a perfect course setup for him. He's a birdie maker. Uh, he can get it dialed in on approach and with the putter. And the other guy that's kind of sneaky for me, uh, he's made five cuts in a row, um, all the while doing like big things with the approach game and with the putter. Uh, he's one of two members of the Wu-Tang Clan, and it's Brandon Wu at 7,000. I think that's tremendous value there. Ah, the Wu-Tang Clan. Got it. Yes. Okay. $7,000. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised we didn't mention Kurt Kitayama, who mm. second to Johnny Vegas in strokes gained approach last week. Look at T to green numbers. Second to only Cam Young last week. Uh, has a couple of top tens here in his last handful of starts, Greg. This is feeling like a guy who's feeling himself. Yeah, I, I looked at him as well. Um, and he also had the Honda Classic. He gained seven. I mean, he is spiked approaching the green, which which is great. I just wonder, and it, it's such a, I hate making this argument, but it's just one of those feel things. Like, is that going to happen again? And I, it, it's it's rare to see these really, these spike weeks. And so I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I really like the guy. I'm really impressed with the golf swing. It's clear that he's getting more comfortable. Um, but I, there's so much, there's, there's so many really good weeks. I just wonder if, if that's going to continue. And I, I, that's probably unfair. It very well may be a bad argument. And he is a, he's a great play by all means. It just, it worry. I, I wonder if it's, if it's real or if it's repeatable again, the very next week. Does that make sense? Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. And we're going to find out because on Sunday, we're going to see if uh, what version of Kurt Kitayama that we got this yeah. week. It'll be it'll be fun. Uh, $6,000 range here, gents. We've got to get to the real value on the board. Danny Willett, Grayson Sig up top goes all the way down. Oh, boy. Jonas Blix back in the field. Jason Duffner min priced. Bill Haas. That's not that's not deserving. Season made like seven of his last eight cuts. That's a little messed up. Yeah, that's uh, low. Justin, okay. Justin Leonard is making his first start wow. on tour, Greg. I can't remember, but it's been a while. But he turns 50, I think, in like two months. And he is gearing up. He Okay, when we start making Champions Tour lineups or we start making <laughs> Champions Tour bets, Justin Leonard is about to go ham. Well, um, what do you think his ownership's going to be this week? That's the real deciding factor for me. 
I, I think I think so too. Um, I'm not going to make it one. I'm not or point one, whatever, whatever. I'm I'm not going there. I don't think you have to. I think there are some really good options in this six K range. Um, at, at up at the top, there are two guys at sixty nine hundred. I think are uh, are very playable. Uh, Martin Laird has been great approaching the green last week, and the weather didn't go as well as um, as I would have liked or thought. Putting has been a concern, and that's why he's 6,900. Another guy where putting is typically not a concern. It's been quiet so far this year, but Wyndham Clark um, is a really volatile kind of player. And I'm wondering if um, if he's starting to find something with his iron play. He's gained in his last two. He was 10th at the Zurich Classic, although I think Cameron Tringale really carried that team. Um, but, But he has a kind of volatility that could be a, a sneaky play this week. So I, I like those two guys way up at the top. Um, there's a, another guy down a little lower at 6,700 who I like in Hudson Swafford, who has been hitting the ball really nicely all year long. I mean, really after his win, there was a little bit of a letdown, but yeah. it's been really good. And it seems like he's getting back into form and he putted really well last week, which I think is a, is a good sign. Um, and there's a kind of a fantasy Go to six K guy in in Smotherman, who's mm-hmm. um, there for a reason. So I, I, I like all those guys in this range. Yeah, Smotherman uh, only behind Luke Donald in uh, strokes gained approach in the last twenty four rounds. Although I think Donald pulled out a couple of, a couple of times at TPC Potomac, that might be helping helping those numbers. Smotherman yeah. had another uh, top twenty five, so that was nice to go back to. Uh, put a bow on Justin Leonard. He hasn't played on tour since. The 2017 Valero Texas Open. He turns 50 next month, so uh, just getting those, getting those reps in. Which, okay, I don't want to get on my soapbox here, Greg, because Justin Leonard deserves to play every PGA Tour event that he wants, but he should not be in this field. He should not be taking a spot from somebody so that he Ouch. can gear up for the Champions Tour. You hear that, Justin Leonard? I don't want to make you get on the spot, Greg, and like take a stance on this, but like if you have not competed for five years and you are deserving, I get it there are a lot of places that you can play for the next four weeks that are not. So we had a similar situation with, uh, with VJ Singh at a, when he signed up for that corn fairy tour event, yeah. um, at sawgrass <laughs> and he just got, was got obliterated. ripped for it. Yeah. Um, I, I think on the PGA tour, it's a different circumstance. They have, you know, very distinctive qualifications aside from sponsor exemptions. Now, if if there's a sponsor exemption that you take um, th- that you have you take a, offense to, if Tony Romo gets a sponsor exemption, I'm completely with you. But if you qualify on a past champions exemption, a career money exemption, I can't hold you. I can't hold you against that. Um, I I think that's fair. Right? It's written into the rules. It's deserving, and I I um I'll allow it. <laughs> I, I think it is fair and deserving. I just don't like it. <laughs> well, uh, I am I am now rostering Justin Leonard because of the bulletin board material that you clearly just gave if it. If that for Justin Leonard, I, I'll bet 100 bucks on him and, and for bulletin. I can't imagine that ever gets to him. And I am rostering him on the same team as Adam Svensson because Greg earlier basically just blamed the Zurich <laughs> he loss. He did. He uh, said, I wouldn't from blame Adwin, him on Adwin. Directly <laughs> on Adam Svensson. Directly. Yeah, it, w- it was his fault. I love Svensson. Been a huge fan of his this year. I thought he was but, in the back. Uh, it, it, you know, the Zurich was a down week for him. Oh, boy. Uh, 6K <laughs> range, see it. What do you got? 
Okay, so there's a couple guys I really like that Greg mentioned, um, namely Hudson Swafford and Austin Smotherman. So I don't think we need to go over those, but I will point out that Smotherman's gained ball striking. These are PGA events, by the way. Gained ball striking seven tournaments in a row and gained significantly on approach all seven of those tournaments. His weakness is the around the green game. He almost always loses around the green, in some cases very significantly. Uh, basically a zero putter as of late, if anything, he gained. So this really is a perfect setup for him. Uh, Hudson Swafford for the same reasons that Greg mentioned. Two other guys that I don't think Greg mentioned. Doc Redman, I think it's a good setup for him. I think it's a pretty good course fit. Uh, good on approach, good good putting last 24 rounds. I'll mention Peter Malnati. A guy just never gets any respect. He's like the Rodney Dangerfield of, of, of the PGA Tour. But he has made four out of the last five cuts. Um, he has relied on the short game a little bit, but he can spike in the approach department. He's risky. I mean, he's he's one of those guys I'd almost put, as far as the 6K range, it, is concerned. I'd almost put him in the Kurt Kitayama of the 7K range in terms of these are guys that can go out and, and maybe win you a GPP because nobody's really going to play him that much. And, the, and they're, they're certainly valuable options. So uh, very risky, but I think it's a guy I, I might put in a lineup or two. Uh, Steven Yeager is that guy for me this week. Ever since the he, he needed something to change, got to play the Zurich with Damon. They made the cut, cut and he's been great since. So uh, I think Steven Yeager might be able to keep it rolling here. Hey, what Rick, um, one of your favorites. Um, Paul Barjon. Oh, Paul. Paul has he, been... he was so he was looking so good last week. Made mm-hmm. the cut for us. Um, I don't know. <laughs> do you I, I played some of Paul Barjon last week and it was great at first, and it just it slid over the weekend for him. He is uh I mean, there's so much to love. I mean, when you gain three and a half off the tee, two and a half on approach, and then give away nearly five around the green and another two on the putting surfaces. Oh boy, you are firmly in my favorite uh, team no putt category, but it is, it's ugly. It's ugly. Ever since he had 6,300. He had that taste of glory at the American Express. Remember he was winning that like Saturday or Sunday. I don't know when it was, Saturday maybe. And I was like, holy crap. If he wins this, like, Every everybody in like the run good community's got like a five dollar five hundred to one ticket on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't pull it off. Ah. Uh, anybody else? No, going once, going twice. Sold on the six K range. Uh, we still have a couple things left to do because uh, see, I know you've been hard at work with the Twitter community to come up with some of uh, the best narrative lineups as possible. Now, hold on. Did we check to see what last week's lineup would have done? I did not. I It, it certainly... Ha- do we have it somewhere or no? It's, uh, it, was, uh, it was good for a while. Right? The banker, can, the banker keep in mind, one was yeah, great. Jason Day Trader was in that. Matthew Wolf of Wall Street was in that. And they, yeah. you know, up until, you know for day up until Saturday, that was great. And Wolf was pretty good the whole way. So those were the guys that you kind of wanted to leave off the list. They ended up being really good. I think uh, Seamus Power Broker, he missed the cut, right? Oh, Seamus Power Broker. I couldn't remember. The yeah. Okay. All right. What do we, uh, what do we got for this week? Well, okay. So we have a few here. So I think this is two of four that, that, uh, that we might end up showing. We got a ton of submissions. So for those of you that didn't get up here, keep coming to me in the next weeks. I think oh, people are tweeting really that cool. to you. They are tweet. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm actually putting out a tweet around 10, 11 o'clock in the morning on Monday and saying, Hey, 
let's let's take some submissions. And I, I got like at least 10 or 12 tweets today. All of them really, really good. Here's a, here's a few of them here. Okay, so we've got the model maniac uh, who went, oh, because it's an AT&T event. Oh, That's right. this is good. Yep. All right, so AT&T, obviously a mobile phone provider. Luke mm-hmm. contacts list. <laughs> Love it already. Solid. Grayson Porter signal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Maxed data limit McGreevy. Not your best model maniac, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, Dylan, who am I speaking to? Question mark. That's pretty good. Volume, <laughs> volume lower, Justin. It's that's not great. And Jason Coke racked screen. That one's really good. <laughs> Uh, so I assume that would be, I mean, those guys have gotten all be under 50 K it's probably like a $43,000 lineup right there. Oh yeah. And you could sub in some of those other ones. I mean, Seamus low power, both phone holster, Francisco Molinari and Hey, Den Buckley. I don't really know what to do with yeah. that. One, but <laughs> I thought the same thing. <laughs> we can, uh, and we can change out, um, Dylan for Brandon, maybe put in Seamus low power and, uh, Maybe Bo Hostler in there, Bo Phone Holster in there. What is happening on the right here? What happens when you get to the Byron Nelson at TPC Craig Ranch? Sounds like the AT&T Craig T. Nelson. Okay, I so understand what's happening here. That's because you are over. of an age that you don't get the reference. There was a famous show called Coach. And on that show, it was like a famous actor who headlined it. And Hayden Fox was the name of that actor on the show. Craig T. Nelson is the name of the actual actor. So he went with a coaching theme here. Okay, yeah, this is way over my head. So what, these are famous coaches? That's okay, right. yeah. Scotty, Scotty Bowman Scheffler. Scotty Bowman, okay. he was the coach of the Red Wings, I believe. Herb Brooks kept, yeah. uh, I think Herb yeah, Brooks okay. was the coach of the uh, Miracle on Ice 1980, yeah, there we absolutely. Go. Um, Sir Alex Ferguson Norin, I can't remember that one. But that's up. definitely a coach somewhere. Davis, Pat Riley, of course. Coach K. H. Lee is interesting. And then uh, we, get Hayden, we get Hayden Buckley again. Hayden Fox Buckley. Uh, oh, Manchester United. Manchester United is yeah. Sir Alex Ferguson. Yeah. Okay. Hayden Buckley finding himself in a couple of these. <laughs> it's fake. Are there more? Are there more, Jacob? Okay, we've got more. A couple more. Uh, sounds like a dealership. This is good. Dallas, Nick- like Texas. Oh, got it. Nick Taylor Ford. Uh, Pat and Kazire Dodge of Dallas, Seamus Power Harley Davidson, Hostler Chevrolet. Chevrolet. That's got to be a real thing. Davis Riley Mazda, Johnny Vegas, his used car. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. And then John Markowski, who's our uh, de- reigning and defending champion of this, mm-hmm. athletes who played in the state of Texas, DJ J. Watt. So JJ Watt, DJ J. Watt. Jeff Bag, Will Zalatoris. Love everything about that. That's great. Luca List. Luke List. Mm-hmm. Nolan Ryan Palmer. Awesome one. Sean mm-hmm. Hakeem Olajuwon. <laughs> That's the best one. Yes. Ryan Bremit Smith. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, it, he wins again, right? Yeah, it's, it's really it, good. It's yeah. really good. John's I mean, there's some good effort. There are some good efforts on the other ones, but mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if anybody could beat John Markowski right now. This is a different side of the brain. 
like to be able to to come up with this stuff and like mm-hmm. I, i'm not good at this at all job markowski if there was a profession he should be making money off of this somehow like there's got to be some skill and like some profession that he could he could put this to good use it's amazing. yeah I, I don't know if there's like a database you could create on your site rick which is like narrative <laughs> oh you know strokes get narrative um so have you ever seen baseballreference.com and I, i'm sure they do it for the other sports too but they have like everybody's nickname so they'll have like, um, geez, I don't know. They'll have nicknames for every player, and uh, I could, I could, add, I could enlist John to come up with a nickname or all the puns for every single player and list them on their golfer profile page. <laughs> wow! <laughs> like, what the hell is this? Yeah, what? <laughs> what do I do with this? What for the record, th- there was even more obscure narrative there was a willie nelson narrative for some reason there was a long names narrative uh we can't put them up all on here but next monday i'm expecting all of you and then some to submit some well more next monday is a big one a lot of got a pga championship i mean what well, oh, i don't even want to i mean you could just go in a bunch of different directions i'm looking forward to that um see have you considered any first round leaders for us this week I have. Texas wind is, is potentially in play. So th- this might change. Usually there's one or two I take off because of, you know, a, a bad tea time, if you will. Uh, but I'll, I'll give you a five right now. This is a tentative one. Sam Burns at 40 to one. Alex Norn, 55 to one. JJ Spawn, 80 to one. Matthew Wolf, who we didn't talk uh, a ton about, uh, mm-hmm. 90 to one. I don't think he's good for four rounds, but he's honestly, when he's been good, he's been good in the first round as of late. So I know that's few and far between that he's actually been good, but the first round he can flash that's 90 to one. And then I'll go back to Brandon Wu at 110 to one. So Burns, Norin, Spawn, Wolf, Brandon Wu. There you go. Five first round leaders, all 40 to one or longer. We've got our narrative lineups. We've gone tier by tier. I think we've covered it all gentlemen. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, looking forward to the tune-up, if you will, but I, I don't think this is much of a tune-up as it turns out. I think this is going to be a very competitive four days with with a lot of guys at the top battling and a few guys that sneak in from the 7 and 8K range. Looking forward to it. Okay, producer Jacob is all the hard work behind the scenes. Sia Najad, available on Twitter at Sia Najad. That's Greg Ducharme right there. You can find him on Twitter at the Real GFD, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut, and we'll catch you next time. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.